0: Hi, how are you? You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Mornings are not my favourite time of the day, and not because I'm a late riser. No, since becoming a parent, I dread the mayhem of getting everyone out the door fed, dressed and relatively clean and in one piece. Is the madness of morning routine unavoidable once you have a family? If there's one person who knows the potential for chaos in the mornings, it's Dr. Justin Coulson, not only a parenting expert, but also a father of six girls. Hi, <laughs> Justin, how are you?
1: My goodness, I'm, I'm feeling good. I've had a good morning. The kids all left the school <laughs> on time. Everybody was happy. Everyone was dressed. Nobody was you know, looking for their lost shoe or their sports uniform or library book.
0: How do you do it? Is every morning like that, Justin?
1: Uh, Yeah, pretty much, actually. We've got a a system. As you can imagine, when you've got six kids, you actually need to really work hard on getting the system right. And so over the Mm. years, we've worked very, very hard to refine our system and to work out exactly what we need to do to um, help everyone to work their way through the morning in a way that feels good so that we're not all just going, oh, my goodness, what have we done to ourselves? Uh, because that's how it was for a lot of years. You know, we, we really, yeah, we've bet. done some hard yards to figure out how to make it work, but it seems like we've actually gotten it done.
0: you got it, you've got there eventually. Now, um, with this hard work you've done, is finding your own morning process about, you know, trying a few different strategies until you find your groove? Like, is it, is it a process of trial and error?
1: Yeah, I think that there has to be an element of personalization to it because every family is different. Every family's needs are different. You know, some families have got, uh, both caregivers, both parents nearby and, and available. Sometimes the kids are, you know, really relying on just one parent to do it all. In many families, it's a single parent who is trying to juggle work and school prep and everything else that has to be done. Uh, and it's just so, so hard. Uh, but but I think that there's also a handful of principles that can guide all of the conversations and all of the preparations and and you know the, the routines that we set up for our morning and I, and that's probably where we're best off focusing in a conversation like this.
0: Okay, so if we're talking about principles, is one of your principles about uh, night before prep?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the number one principle. Uh, the way I describe it is that your your morning starts the night before. And so it's really, really mm. important for us to remember that um when you wake up in the morning, if you're not at least uh mostly ready, it's going to be a hard morning, especially when you've yep. got time frames and uh and deadlines that are that are challenging to meet uh you know kids wake up some days and they're grumpy, they don't want to be cooperative they um they've lost something that's important for school today and sometimes we wake up late and we're a bit grumpy as well, and when you put all of that in the mix, it turns out to make the day horrible so In our family, the morning starts the night before, and that means that the night before, we work out a few things. Number one, what needs to be worn tomorrow? Is it clean? Is it ironed? Is it laid out? Do we know which shoes need to be worn? Are the socks all there? Do we have the sports uniform? Do we have the library books? Do we have the musical instruments? All of that's prepared the night before so that in the morning, the kids can wake up, and without even thinking, they're ready to go. The second thing that we do the night before is we check the fridge, we check the pantry, and we just make sure that the food that we need for breakfast and lunch is ready to go. It doesn't have to be made because sometimes it's nice to have stuff reasonably fresh, but it, it needs to at least be, uh, available and prepared to the extent that it's realistic to prepare it. And if, uh, if it's not ready, you know, most, um, most shopping centers have got a supermarket that's open until, I don't know, usually about eight or nine o'clock at the very, earliest sometimes even later and we want to take advantage of that once the kids are down duck down to the shops grab what you need so that tomorrow morning is going to be easy you've got everything at hand and and lastly Mm -hmm. we have actually found that it's helpful to talk to our kids about what they want for breakfast so that we can have it sort of uh, at least on the bench the next morning so when they wake up it's all at hand no one's looking for anything no one's having a meltdown over anything it's all there
0: Even with that, are you still getting up at like 5 a.m. to get six girls out the door on time?
1: (laughs) You know, um, not so much anymore. We've we've really tried a lot of different things. But something that we did early on was we realized that while ever we were doing all the work, it was stressful. And so we've spent a lot of time doing what I call the heavy lifting of teaching our children how to be self-sufficient. So even my five year old now with minimal assistance, she can scramble her own eggs and cook her own toast. We still kind of supervise wow. and we're present, but we've got the, you know, we, we're there to guide the process, but she actually looks after it. And we've been working on that for a number of months, but, but she's there. The older kids, I mean, you know, our eight year old pretty much makes her own lunch now. Um, she knows how to oh, organize so a sandwich, impressive. make a salad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of sounds impressive, but it's not that hard if you're willing to get up a bit early. So what, that's what we do. Uh, while we're teaching the kids, we get them up 15 or 20 minutes earlier than normal. And we say, today's the day you're going to learn how to make a salad or you're going to learn how to cut a sandwich or you're going to learn how to fry an egg or you're going to learn how to heat up your wheat bix in the microwave. I mean, we're not, we're not doing anything gourmet here. It's pretty basic, but it's enough to get the kids moving. And we don't just say, well, I've shown you once. Now you should be able to do it. We take our time with them and make sure that they they're able to do it. And sometimes, you know, like with our five-year-old, this is going to take us another couple of years before she's really doing it all on her own. But we work with them and guide them and get them to become more and more independent, which is wonderful because now, as our six kids are getting ready for school and getting out the door in the morning, Kylie and I walk into their rooms, and this is another important principle, we walk into their rooms about 10 minutes before they need to get up. We wake them up slowly. We wake them up with hugs or a little back rub, a little massage, a little bit of a squeeze. <laughs> we sing a song to them. We we talk to them about about what they're looking forward to during the day. And we're able to do that because the system works. They get up, you know, five minutes early and they're dressed and out into the kitchen at least five to ten minutes before they really need to be. So there's a bit of margin. And Kylie and I are present But we're not doing it for them. Instead, we stand by, and as we're organizing ourselves, we look at the kids and say, let me know if you need any help. How are you going with that? The other thing that we do is we never tell them what to do next. Instead, we say to them, what haven't you done? Do you need any help with anything? What's the next thing on your list? And the kids have got a checklist, so they know the things that need to be done, and they can work through those things. All in all, after a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months of doing that, you will be amazed at what they can do. They know the system. They know they get up a few minutes early. Everything's ready. They've got parents who are supportive. And instead of yelling at them, those parents are saying, wow, you look like you're just about done. What's next? Do you need a hand? And the mornings are so relaxing. Look, I'm going to brag a bit, Siobhan, but but just lately, <laughs> this week, in fact, um we've been kind of out the door about 10 minutes before we need to be because the kids are oh, so ready it. and they want to be at school <laughs> with their friends I mean, it's it's amazing they're getting to school before that's their insane. friends they're that excited about it
0: do you actually go into homes and coach people
1: <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I look i mean that's why we're having this conversation now because it's so helpful you can tell which homes have got children in them if you go for a walk around the neighborhood at 7am cuz all you can hear is parents going hurry
0: up what are you doing
1: and and when you
0: put your shoes on
1: yeah develop this kind of a system And it's amazing what a difference it makes. Look, I wrote an article for the New York Times, which was published last year, about how to make mornings magic. So if you were to look up my name, Justin Coulson, and type in mornings and New York Times, you'll find everything that we've talked about in great detail to help to guide you through the morning.
0: Now, what about single parent families? Should they be taking a different approach? It does sound, I mean, teaching children is always going to be um, time intensive for the learning period. um, And that can be easier when there are two of you there. Does it matter? Do you look at it differently if there's just one of you?
1: No, I think it's even more important then, so uh, for my work as as you're probably aware, and many people would know i I travel a a reasonable amount. I travel to Perth or Adelaide or Sydney or Melbourne I'm based in brisbane uh and and even to regional areas so that I can run parenting workshops at, at schools or in organizations and help people and so my wife, Kylie, is often at home doing the single parent thing while I'm off making everybody else's family happy um <laughs> and she's so wonderful about it, and we've found that this system has actually changed her life uh in in fact uh last week when i was away for for three consecutive days which is unusual i I try not to be gone that much but when i was away for for three consecutive days um kylie actually rang me on day three and said you won't believe it but we've had three perfect mornings she's doing it on her own (laughs) with six kids and they're out the door you know 10 minutes before they need to be everyone's happy they're listening to music in the car there's no stress this is the way we get the systems working. And I think that it's even more important in those families where you really are um, perhaps under-resourced and overstretched. It's this sort of a process that gets you through.
0: Now, of course, this is the golden finish line where you want to get to, but some mornings everything can seem a little bit cursed. Nothing's going right. Um, in that, kind of messy morning should you try and salvage things like or is there a point where you should just let it go and say you know what tomorrow is a new day
1: every now and again one of our kids or even two or three of them will have their their little meltdown and fall apart and say it's all too much i can't stand it over you know it's just beyond uh what's reasonable um sometimes they wake up cranky sometimes nothing works and so on those days we might just say, you know what, um, we're having a lunch order today because <laughs> it's too hard, or uh, we're going to be at school ten minutes late today. But but what we've found is that yelling at the kids to calm down or telling them to hurry up gives us exactly the opposite result to the one we're looking for. Our experience has been, and I think the research would actually support the idea that when everything's going wrong, the best thing that we can do is stop, sit with our child, understand them, and then work with them rather than force them to do something that they don't want to do.
0: Well, there you go. There's some magic tips that people can follow for their, for a smoother morning. Justin, thank you so much for speaking with us.
1: Love talking with you. Thanks, Yvonne.
0: That was Justin Coulson, Dr. Justin Coulson. He has his own podcast called Dr. Justin Coulson's Happy Families. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. He also has his own books and written far and wide on all things parenting. Just to take a look in the description notes of this episode and we'll put everything you need to find out more about Justin's work. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at parentbrand.com.au. See you next time.